So um, this evening I'd like to share some reflections on the teachings called the Five Daily Recollections sometimes. In the Sutta they're called the the Five Topics for Frequent Reflection. And I I was looking through my notes and I seem to give this talk once a year also. So (laughs) here it is. And for those of you who are not familiar with these teachings, I hope this will serve as some kind of introduction. And for those of us who are already familiar, I hope that it can be a chance to hear these teachings again and see what uh, might resonate with us and what might be helpful in that. I know I always feel like offering in the hall you're all in such different places with your practice and so mm, but it's the Dhamma right so hopefully it's always relevant in some way Um, and I particularly want to invite you I decided I would begin a slightly different way I, I would like to ask you to really if you're willing consciously kind of prepare yourself to listen um, as if you were hearing I was this is what how it kind of was coming to me earlier as if you were preparing to hear some advice or teachings from a really good friend who you know can say things sometimes which are difficult to hear but you know that they always have your best interests at heart that sort of that sort of listening and that sense of being open to hear wisdom and to be sensitive to um, that compassionate purpose which is really behind all the Buddha's teachings that's something I often like to consider you know that Sometimes it's, you know, like you probably have favorite suitors and suitors that you think, what on earth that's about? Or, you know, things we don't like, things we like, but things we, we, we reflect on deeply and come to love and understand more and more. But I think, yeah, that sense of all of it is for our well-being. You know, I just, I find that so beautiful. I don't have a sense that he didn't say a single word that wasn't motivated by compassion. So I I, uh, invite you to listen in that way, if that makes sense to you. And also, I invite you to listen to your responses. Like, as you listen, I'm actually going to read three different versions of this slowly. And you might just, if you want to notice the reactions or responses in the heart and mind, and I'll try and do it slowly so you've got room to sort of, you know, listen and see what, how the heart is touched. Um, and that I also invite you, like whatever the response is, to not, to not judge it, to not say oh I should feel or think differently about this right? so we're kind of bringing that sense of compassion to our own ah oh, yeah our own being and our own sort of responses to the teachings and the talk and so yeah um, so <clears throat> I uh, sometimes when I give this talk if you've heard me before I I first met these teachings here at the Forest Refuge actually back in 2005 and and they were on the board permanently well you know it's permanent (laughs) 
they're obviously not there now, so it wasn't very permanent. It was, um, and I remember it was the first time I'd seen them, and I, was, I, I, I looked and read them, and then it didn't really register much, if I'm really honest. So then a few years later, I came back to it and spent quite a bit of time sort of with the teachings, and so I want to share some reflections and also voices of others around around these themes to hopefully help us to translate or you could say receive the the teachings in a way that translate them from ideas and words into a kind of a language of the heart something that the heart can hear and feel and and, and receive Um, so I'll, I'll read them and you'll hear um, the first one is from the Sutta, and I've put, I'm going to put it on the board so you can go look at the original Sutta if you like. It's the Anguttara Nikaya, Book of the Fives, um, number 57. And then a version that I created. Oh no, then I'm going to, sorry, then I'm going to read Thich Nhat Hanh, his, his version, and then I'm going to read what I kind of developed um, from, from my from and for my own practice and so to share uh, and then I'll we'll go on and, and reflect a little more about these great teachings so I am of the nature to grow old I am of the nature to get ill. I am of the nature to die. All that is dear to me will change and vanish. I am the owner of my karma. Okay, so then from Thich Nhat Hanh. Breathing in and out, I am aware of the fact that I am of the nature to die. I cannot escape dying. I am of the nature to grow old. I cannot escape old age. I am of the nature to get sick. Because I have a body, I cannot escape sickness. Everything I cherish, treasure and cling to today I will have to abandon one day.
the only thing I can carry with me is the fruit of my own action. I cannot bring along with me anything else except for the fruit of my actions in terms of thought, speech and bodily acts. And then lastly, the um, version that I um, found helped me to connect to these teachings. Uh, So I yell for them. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember this body is aging. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember this body is vulnerable to illness. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember this body will die. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember that loss is part of life. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember to meet this moment with wisdom. Maybe just, yeah, just noticing any thoughts, reflections, feelings that sort of arise for you and hearing that. I sometimes, when I'm teaching these, I have the feeling or the worry that I'm going to offend people. (laughs) It's not something to talk about in polite society, you know, that sort of feeling. Just to name one of my own. (laughs) Yeah, and um, perhaps lots of different feelings or, or thoughts. And so just an invitation for us to really feel a sense of support for each other. Like in whatever way that makes sense to you. To both sort of have a sense of offering support into the space, yeah, and receiving it from others.
something's hard to hear sometimes feel like for me as well in speaking it's like with with others speaking you know speaking aloud speaking to you that listening together is somehow a support to helping the heart to hear and receive and you know mm, so may we hold each other with tenderness because this is our predicament right every single one of us and that to me is one of the great gifts or treasures of this teaching that I found in teaching and practicing it and that it one of the effects I notice is it really makes connects me with that sense of you know human sentient togetherness and I've noticed this week because it's been in my mind quite a bit that I'm walking in the woods and I'm really seeing some of the same you know the, the aging of the trees and the sickness of some of the trees and just it's just been sort of like so um, present mm. and how um, so so how do these teachings how can they be treasures for us no gifts now Ajahn Lee this quote from him aging, illness and death are treasures for those who understand them they're noble truths noble treasures if they were people I'd bow down to their feet every day I find that very there's something here that can be you know profoundly important part of what liberates the mind from clinging and craving and suffering so I hope that some yeah this somehow through these reflections and being together we can have a sense of how they can be treasures Um, if you look at the sutta I mentioned that these teachings come from, I thought I would, one of the, the uh, gifts is what I sometimes think of as being prodded by the Buddha. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> or in a stronger way, being slapped in the face with a wet fish. Which is, I know, rather a gross metaphor, but... It's like, okay, thanks. (laughs) So it says that, you know, these these teachings, these five recollections are offered to expose and challenge our intoxication with youth, health, life, the liked, yeah, are you intoxicated with any of those? Have you been? You know, it's a sort of honest reflection, and it's like this kind of yes. <laughs> okay, let's be honest about it, you know, and this is part of our conditioning, not something we necessarily you know want to do, but it's so I, the the sense of kind of that direct challenge it's like yeah Um, and then the the fifth one intoxication with ignoring the consequences of heedlessness (laughs) yeah that's an interesting one isn't it like Are you intoxicated with ignoring the consequences of the heedlessness sometimes? 
isn't that sort of to me that describes yeah one of the ways of the ignorance or delusion kind of you know when we're I don't know and that's that sense of um, our intentional actions matter you know I think that's part of the power of that fifth reflection like and that it's like the first four kind of prepare you to like okay practice <laughs> something like that I don't know it's a bit like with the four contentments I was sharing a couple of weeks ago you know the first ones are like yeah you know don't be attached to having particular kinds of food or lodging or um, what's the other one lodging food clothing and then it and then the fourth one is like yeah, practice gotta practice like you know it's like wake up yeah Buddha Mara life is lo- Mara says life is long Live life like a milk-sucking babe. Buddha says, life is short. You should live as if your head was on fire. I I mean, yes. Imagine the mighty wind, you know. Maybe that's a bit of the Hebrew old... Hebrew scriptures that got into my mind when I was young, sort of like biblical, you know, just like coming towards you. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Does humour help? Yes, I hope so. Something so serious. It's, uh, Oh, yeah. So we're encouraged to reflect. And as in my piles of notes, I, I only brought in a small selection, so there was some restraint going on, from the wonderful Ayakima. And this is this you can find these teachings on Dharma Seed, and when you get out for a retreat, listen to her talks on these teachings, because it felt like another... I'll just share you some of her reflections. So she would have students repeat after her. So those of you who want to, like, let's, let's try it. I'll read it. You can say it if you dare or if you want to. And don't, don't worry if you don't want to say it. I am of the nature to de- decay. I have not got beyond decay. See how that felt. <laughs> like, when I listened to her, I was like reminded me of being at boarding school and being told to like, okay, I'll repeat after you, matron. But maybe it's helpful to say it out loud. You know? like, so this is Ayakima, and I wrote down what she said. She says, she said, look at that and see whether it's a true statement. Is it true? I mean, you know, you can reflect further. It's like, yeah, that's that's true. Um, and if you think it's a true statement, have you actually noticed it in yourself? So you can hear that slightly. <laughs> it's like teacher wagging their finger at you. But no, sorry, I don't want to make light of this. Honestly, I don't. And if you have noticed, (laughs) (laughs) what kind of reactions have you had? I'm looking over the top of my glasses now, which seems to emphasize this sort of like... Anyway. Uh, One of dislike, rejection, trying to forget it, trying to counteract it thinking that it is something that is unpleasant, 
Or can you see it as the underlying truth of everything that lives? Mm-hmm. I'll just share one more. As I really, yeah, it's, I'm feeling that kind of the power of that. I don't know what you're feeling. Anyway, I am of the nature to be diseased. I have not got beyond disease. Oh, sorry, do you want to say it after me? Can okay. I am of the nature to be diseased. I have not got beyond disease. And then she says, again, it's necessary to inquire, is this a true statement? Yes? So the Buddha does that a lot, doesn't he? He's like, yes, no, yes. Have we had a disease or unpleasantness in the body, major or minor? Anybody who hasn't? Well, that's lovely for you. It won't last. (laughs) There's a bit of Iachema coming through there. Uh, Is it with us now? Can we expect it again? And if so, what does that tell us about our presumed ownership? of the body. Maybe you'll just do one more and then we'll stop with her her, move on. But it's good, isn't it? I am of the nature to die. I have not got beyond death. And she says, Here, we don't have to inquire if this is true. But, we do need to inquire whether we take it into consideration in daily living. Hmm. And whether we are ready for it or not. And if not, why not? Yeah, so powerful. We need to inquire whether we take it into consideration in daily living, whether we are ready for it or not. And if not, why not? So, with a deep bow to Ayakima. So, I just feel like pausing for a moment just to let you breathe gently and just Notice what's happening for you in your body, in your heart, in your mind. Feel the presence of others. Also receiving, resonating these teachings. So, um, obviously with these topics, these experiences, these teachings, this practice, it's, um, 
it can open up some emotions or emotional territories to to navigate or yeah and that's I mean you know true of engaging of the teachings and true of whatever whenever in our life we actually meet these you know heavenly messengers is another way they appear in the teachings and the heavenly messengers that came to the Buddha and set him on the path and how how they affect us and one of the reasons I think I went into this practice and this was because I hoped it could help me with what had been a searing bereavement I just And then I had another searing bereavement. But maybe it would have been more difficult if I hadn't been doing this practice. So I want to share a teaching that made a huge impression on me and still seems like I want to share it from Larry Rosenberg about about fear and in relation to these teachings. And um, I found it so helpful. So um, he, he said, he wrote, Many of us are carrying around a great deal of unacknowledged fear on the subject of death. And like any other fear, it weighs us down. This practice, this the five daily recollections, I think this is from his book that's in the library. Anyway, This practice flushes out fear. See that it is impermanent and not self. Confidence comes from seeing that fear is workable. This can be hugely freeing. We need to work with our resistance to fear. So, mm, uh, mm. so hopefully some support to that aspect of what you know what, what comes up around around these topics and experiences that fear is workable that that yeah. So, I'm thinking about treasures, gifts from undertaking this practice, these working with these teachings, and so that uh, that is one certainly in my mind to to support somehow the working with working through developing a relationship with fear, which is not so defined by fear right fear of fear which I often come back to feeling like is really the problem it's fear of the fear and I'm just remembering a quote from Charlotte Joko Beck just be the fear and right there you are fearless that's very beautiful You've taken the I am of I, the I am out of it. So, just be the fear. I'm right there. You are fearless. So maybe, yeah, one last area to kind of touch on, or a couple that um, if you have this experience at times where your sense of the fragility and the vulnerability and this kind of radical uncertainty of not knowing how long you've got and not that we've really got anything but it's just that the the sort of the feeling into that sort of letting the in can open up this wonderful sense of the like awe, wonder, the joy, the kind of 
sense of being more present with the uh, yeah senses, you know, with life as it's as it's um, offering itself to us, because we're not so caught up in. me and my projects and what I've got to get to because who knows yeah maybe you'll die tonight so you know this kind of reflection and like the sort of sense of life being so um uh, uncovered you know from that veneer of thinking and planning and not really being here and you know, all of that, that on retreat at times we can sort of, some of those veils and covers and blurrings and all of that can start to sort of fade away and then that kind of vividness of life that can, that can come forth. So, in this regard, I'll share a poem by Mary Oliver. And it's called A Summer Day. And I thought, well, today, that was not completely... <laughs> it was a bit summery. But maybe we can translate it into spring and this wondrous equinoctial, if that's a word, time of, 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 of the full moon and the, the spring and the shoots coming up and sort of opening to that, to that wonder. Mm. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? So another a gift of these of, of practicing these teachings is this sort of lifts up what what do we most deeply value you know what is it that matters how do we what do we want to you know this life is so brief so fragile what do we want to be with right now in this moment oh. What do we want to lift up? They are not necessarily some grand answer about what we're going to do with the rest of our life, but just right now, what 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 at the heart's deepest longing and it's maybe also what what life is is coming towards us. You know, offering us itself. That sort of what 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 can we receive in this moment? And this, not the life that we've 
necessarily wanted or chosen, but still there's, there's life offering itself to us. And it won't go on forever. compassion and forgiveness for all that we miss (laughs) Mm. I really appreciate the shared presence I feel in the hall and around these teachings I feel very grateful for that and um, wondering how to close these reflections and I think I I think I will offer a, a chant, a song which I made which you can join in if you wish and some of you may have heard this it's a compassion chant made um, from a teaching on the Kuan Yin the Bodhisattva of Compassion um, from teachings of Kittisara and Tanisara and I kind of made up these words and I think I feel moved to offer it because it's another mode, another way for us to practice and Um, reflect on these things and this particular chant I think is kind of uh, maybe points to the letting go part of, of of what these teachings are pointing to so um, I'll, I'll just sing it and you can join in if you like and please do feel free to not join in I really mean that because there's nothing more painful than chanting and singing when you don't really want to <laughs> so feel free to just listen Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting. Resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life 
to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. One more time. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Thank you. So let's close our time together by sharing the blessings of our practice or whatever the merit or the blessings of our practice may be. May they be shared. May they be for our benefit and for the benefit of all beings everywhere. goodness that arises from my practice. May my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue, my mother, my father and my relatives, the sun and the moon, and all virtuous leaders of the world, 
May the highest gods and evil forces, celestial beings, guardian spirits of the earth, and the Lord of death, may those who are friendly, indifferent or hostile, May all beings receive the blessings of my life. May they soon attain the threefold bliss and realize the deathless. Through the goodness that arises from my practice and through this act of sharing, May all desires and attachments quickly cease and all harmful states of mind until I realize Nibbana in every kind of birth. May I have an upright mind with mindfulness and wisdom austerity and vigor. May the forces of delusion not take hold, nor weaken my resolve. The Buddha is my excellent refuge, unsurpassed is the protection of the Dhamma. Solitary Buddha is my noble guide. The Sangha is my supreme support. Through the supreme power of all these, may darkness and delusion be dispelled. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.